Welcome to the Pause Where I Play podcast. We got the whole cast back out tonight. We're ready to talk to you about movies. <laughs> DJ Pendejo. If anyone oh, can name that. that, do you guys know that oh, one? Exactly. Oh my god, it's from Big Mouth. It's from uh, Big I Mouth. I tried to watch that once, but um, I couldn't get into it. It's very hard to watch. I noticed that like it's the same voice for every character, or the same voice actor for like it's, it's Nick like, Kroll. Yeah, and I got real tired of it real fast. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's Nick Kroll. A new character shows up. I'm like, all right, that's him too. And I just could not hear anyone else except for him. I'm pretty sure he and does. And McElhaney too, right? Is it John McElhaney that's in it? Yeah, John Mulaney. Mulaney. Yeah. McElhaney. Uh, <laughs> that's John uh, McElhaney. Rob McElhaney. That's a uh, Fat Max, the actor from Sunny. Yeah. That's uh, who I named my dog after. Wait, really? Hey, I thought you were going to tell me it was Mad Mac. Nope. Mad Mac. Max. It's Max. No. What? Yeah, because your dog's name is Mac. Yeah, with a hard I was, C. I was having a hard time right there. I'm, I, I I'm a big Sunny fan, and Fat Mac is like my one of my favorite characters of all time. So I was like, this seems like perfect for him. <laughs> uh, I like his name. I like him. He's a good dog. He's a and good I dog. And do, I do call him McElhaney, like quite often. Like... Do you have like a parent tone for him? Like, is that when you call it like his Probably. full name? McElhaney, how dare you? <laughs> That's like me with my dog. His name is Finn, and I'm like Finnegan. Like, but then my other dog's name is Jake now, and I haven't because I'm like Jacob. <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, that doesn't work. Well, like, that's like Juniper. Like, I get really bad at Juniper. June, and her name is Juniper. I, I say Juniper. I thought that was what you're always saying. Nope, Juniper. <laughs> well, there you go. I have a slur. Actually, you guys want to hear a funny story really quick. Josh knows this story. So it's like Christmas Eve-ish at my in-law's home. And Josh's youngest sister has Josh's wife, like a gift, I think, for um, <laughs> Sorry. Christmas. I finally remembered. And she walks in all excited, like, it's just this box. And it opens up, and she's like, it's like, crafts like crafts thing right and i say oh look a box of crafts and everyone's like a box of crafts that's so rude and it, it sounded like you said crap man. I, I, have a, I have a slur apparently i don't know but yeah that, that happened <laughs> so i've never i've actually never recovered from that so i have Still to like to this say day, things. you just got like ptsd over it yeah well, I think, even to this day in our family we are like We'll joke around, and you know, my mom will roll her eyes, and you're like, I gotta go take a craft or something like that, you know? So, <laughs> gotta go crafting, everyone. Pretty much. So, That's good. I like yeah, I, I just, I, I didn't realize that I had like a slur or like a, like a drawl from where we come from until like certain things like that come out, and I'm like, what the crap? Where, where did that word come from out of my mouth? I thought I spoke beautiful English. If you do, I don't notice it. I'm immune to the accent. <laughs> Probably because I speak it the same. <laughs> yeah, Vince and I are from the same place. Josh is from the city. What can we say, though? The big city. The oh, yeah. Dude, to <laughs> us it was a huge metropolis. Going to Provo was a it's huge a deal. deal. And I know you don't live in Provo, but I just want to point out, like, similar-sized cities, big deal. Um, but, but yeah. How you been, Josh? How's life for you? It's been super solid, you know? Just work, watching movies, watching TV, taking care of the dogs, trying to enjoy summer before it's gone, but, you know, all good. It's almost that hoodie season. I'm already wearing, like, it's, like, barely cloudy outside today, and I wore, like, a nice, like, long <laughs> yeah, sleeve, like, 90 degrees. like jacket. <laughs> 
It is cloudy with a chance of meatballs today, so, you know, good call, good call. Actually, I've been missing, like, uh, hoodie weather, to be honest with you. It's about that time of year where I start craving it. it it's Which about is weird because it feels like it just got warm, and now it's really? already. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like oh, the man. summer was so late this year. I feel like it's been hot for 100 years. Yeah, I have to. Huh. I felt like that. But also, I also I just love you know I don't know anyone who doesn't really, but just like those in betweens, right? It's like when you're in the winter, you're like, oh my gosh, I wish it was summer. And when you're in summer, you're like, oh my gosh, I wish it was winter. But when you're in those nice spring and fall times yeah. where it's not snowing yet, or you know where it's just you know starting to get warm again, those are just perfect times. Mm-hmm. And yeah, where it's like just cold outside, where you put on a hoodie and it feels nice. Go to bed with the window open. And you wake up with a nice chill. I'm ready ready i so i have an aunt sorry another personal story here i have an aunt who throughout like the fall and the spring and even sometimes in the wind like the not the winter but like the summer they just leave their windows open like all the time like all the way around their house like full time and i'm not saying where their house is i don't even go break it in into it but it's like the wildest thing it's like why and they're like it cools our house down like our house has better natural ventilation because of it and then I went and slept there one time, and I was like, holy crap, this is the coolest house I've ever slept in. No AC going, just, like, fucking dude, nature. <laughs> dude, I saved so much money last spring because of that. Really? I turned off the heater, I turned off the air conditioning, and I was just, just living on cold evenings. And then, so you leave the, the windows open all night, and then you close them in the, in the mornings once it warms up. <clears throat> and it holds the cool air inside the house for a long time. See? Hmm. That's, That's why people are here to get our uh, heating and cooling advice for our houses. <laughs> <laughs> really, guys, this is the heating and cooling podcast. So here we have it. But let's actually get down to the the movie biz you came to talk about. Um, we're gonna do a quick run through of what we've been watching, then we'll get to the movie. Uh, I want to start this round because I actually Josh saw this the other day on my letterboxed app that I've been using to watch movies. But I did go ahead and I watched an Australian movie the other day. It's called 2067. Have you heard about this, either of you? Nope. I saw it on Hulu. It looked interesting. It's very interesting, and it's more – it's not what I thought it would be, and that's what I liked about it. It was more of, like, a smaller, personal, like, isolated incident. Like, you're dealing with a bigger decision of what to do and how to take care of something. So it's a climate – what do you call it? Climate catastrophe type thing film, and you can there's time travel, so it's pretty oh, cool. Um, but the subtitles, act, huh? Subtitles? Uh, what do you mean? Is there subtitles in it? Australian? It's Australian. They speak oh, Australian. English. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Austrian. <laughs> oh, all right. It's no, no, nope. If it was Austrian, I would definitely need subtitles. I don't speak German, but no, you, uh, you know that reference anyway. Either of you? It's Dumb and Dumber reference. Oh. Where he goes up to the girl and <clears throat> it's like it's a beautiful accent you got there. What's it, what is it? Aust, uh, Australian. No, Austrian. And she's like, oh, well, let's put another shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> I, I, I completely ruined it. Go rewatch Dumb and Dumber. It's a I've, classic. I haven't watched that movie in so long. Um, but, yeah, it was a really good film. The actor is the – did you guys ever watch The Road? Yeah, I read uh, the book. It's I the, love the book. I, I've read the book as well, but the, the actor is the boy. Okay. So yeah. he's older yeah. now, obviously. He's uh-huh. an adult, but he's a really good actor. I thought – is he who I'm thinking he is? He's an adult now, right? Yeah, he's an adult now. Is he still acting? Who? The kid that was in yeah. the road? He acts mostly in smaller things, I think, and some Australian stuff. Okay, maybe it's not who I'm thinking of then. 
Maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, but you liking it though? I liked it a lot actually. It wasn't it wasn't the greatest movie I've ever seen, but it wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. And I was trying to like expand my internet. Yeah, Cody Smith. Cody Smith McPhee. What is yeah, he in? He's the... in Planet of the Apes. He was in Power of the Dog, just barely. I, uh, did, I did not watch Power of the Dog. The skinny kid. Yeah. Very oh, like, very skinny dude. Skinny kid. Yeah. He was Nightcrawler in the, some of the. That's later what he was movies. in. I was like, I was like trying to think of it because that's where I knew him from. Um, but then, guys, I have to confess to something. A lot of people might give me shade for this. I finally watched Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. And guess what? It wasn't as bad as everyone said. And I think that everyone who's complaining about how bad it is just needs to understand that some of these were released out of context because of whatever happened in the world. So if you go back, watch WandaVision and see what happened, then watch Doctor Strange, it makes sense and plays well, which I did. So I prepared myself emotionally for it. So Because like some people said online, I'm not trying to like chastise anyone. I'm just saying like, <laughs> this is my feeling about it. It wasn't bad. Um, I also loved Zombie Strange. Me too. Yeah. That was my favorite part was some of that like horror elements towards the end. It's like the first Marvel movie I think that I've ever seen that I didn't really love the first half and then really, really liked the ending. I don't think that's ever happened in a Marvel movie. Normally it's the opposite where it's like the first half is great and then it turns into a CGI terrible movie. I, I definitely Strange agree with you on that, actually. <laughs> that's a great way to put it because the the first part of the movie, I still had my phone up and dicking around on my phone, right? And then the second half, I was, like, involved. And I, that's nice in a film. I can't I can't say that I would want it any other way. So, yeah, there were some good elements to it. Um, so, yeah, that's me. I just want to hand it off to someone else who wants to take it. Who wants it? Josh? Vince? I knew it. Recently, I've been watching a lot more TV, sort of. So, I obviously, the biggest thing for me was week by week, I've been watching Better Call Saul, the final season. And the finale was just this last, just on Monday, I think, like three days ago. So, and it was incredible. It was beautiful. And there were so many cool callbacks and, you know, people who came back, like, for the end of the show who you weren't expecting. And so many cool parallels and just emotional and just so many things happened in that final episode. And especially the final season, it was just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And so if you, like, watched Better Call Saul, but, like, haven't kept up on it. I'm pretty sure they, because normally it was, like, you know, they would release the new season on AMC and everything, and then it wouldn't be until the next one's about to premiere that it'd be on Netflix. I'm pretty sure I saw something that said they had some sort of deal that, like, the final season will be on Netflix here in a little while. Really? I think oh, I could be crazy, so I and so. I could be wrong, or maybe I saw it, because I know that Netflix, like, in other countries, it's basically, like, it premieres on AMC and AMC Plus at, like, 7, and then, like, one or two days later, it's on Netflix in, like, other countries, right? And so it could have just accidentally been something like that that uh. slipped into my timeline, but I thought I saw something that said it was going to be on Netflix fairly soon, so. And that well, goes so. into our next sponsor, a random VPN co- company. <laughs> or VPN. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> But yeah. Drink your green juice while using NordVPN. <laughs> so I won't go into it, obviously, because I don't, don't want to spoil anything, but it truly is gorgeous. The last season was intense and beautiful and just, like, like everything Breaking Bad was with, like, and this isn't necessarily a bad thing, with, like, a little less action and everything, you know, but just gorgeous, beautiful character development, and these stories are so simple that are being told. But it's done so eloquently that I just 
I'm so wrapped up in these character stories and I can't wait to see how, how all of them ended and how it went down was just gorgeous. So again, I won't say anything else cause no spoilers, but yeah, don't spoil that. I've watched every season. I've binged every season on Netflix. So I'm doing the same thing. Just going to wait for it to come out and just jump in and watch them all. I'm gonna I would have live in anger. I'm going to live in ignorance for a while longer. I think. Did you watched any of it? I've watched about nine episodes of better call Saul and it it's gets be- better after season one. Yeah. And it's not that season one is bad. It just, it takes definitely some getting into. I did the same thing. I watched like three or four episodes and I stopped the first time. And then when I did it again, the second time I kept going, it's, it's definitely so worth it. The stories they tell with the characters and introducing new ones and the way they tie stuff in with breaking bad is so genius. Just like little tiny details that you almost wouldn't even remember from breaking bad. Is there a Poyos in there? No spoilers. (sighs) But yes, <laughs> but they just turn into these full-fledged storylines. Nothing is without a purpose, basically. Like the tiniest little thing from one little detail of one line in Breaking Bad ends up connecting to things in Better Call Saul, and it's just, it's amazing. So, no spoilers, but yeah, I would just you know give you my AMC Plus since I have it for six more days after I canceled it. You know after the finale, but they do the whole where they only have the episode up on there for like a month or something and oh, then they take really? it down. So they only have like the last four or five. Otherwise really? I totally oh, like be like, here, just, just watch it all. reason not to do AMC plus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. And I'm not going to rant on this too much, but I tweeted about this. I was so happy to cancel my AMC plus. Cause I was like, maybe I'll like keep it, watch the walking dead and stuff like that. The user interface and everything bad. is so bad compared to other streaming services, especially I have a Amazon fire stick and just trying to use the app on the Fire Stick, I literally had to uninstall, reinstall, sign in every single week Wow! to watch my episodes of Better Call Saul. See, that's ridiculous. so bad. And why I watch Mad Men with ads on Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to there throw that out there because I've heard the same thing because I would, like, everyone has, like, a comfort show that they rewatch quite a bit in the background. That's Mad Men for me. I really find a lot of solace in the struggles of John Hamm. And uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how else to say it. Don Draper like, is a, is a classic train wreck of a human, so it's great. But <laughs> sorry to interject again. I just. I yeah. mean, it's all right. My only other thing that I wanted to mention, we can piggyback straight off of that. Uh, the only movie besides Prey that I've watched recently is The Town. Have you guys yeah. seen that? Are you talking the town? I'm talking about the town with a uh, John Hamm. Yeah, right? and Ben Affleck. <laughs> and Ben Affleck and, and Hawkeye Rebecca Hall and Jeremy Renner. It was just like, well, because I saw, I'd seen ads for it forever on Netflix, right? Like all these things with like the nuns and bank robberies, and I was like, okay, whatever. It's Wait, that sort of movie. We didn't watch that when I was staying at your house with you. I don't think so. Holy shoot, that's like one of my favorite films. Yeah. Have I told you about this? I, I love this so. film. But I just barely watched it for the first time yesterday. Can we do a podcast on this now? Because like, I would love to. I mean, I just did, so uh, I won't go too far into it then. But <laughs> but no, please talk about it. No, but it was very good. I liked it. Like I think I put it, I'm, I'm sorry if this is like offensive now, because I didn't know how much you had liked it. I rated it like three and a half stars on Letterboxd. It's still good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I can't tell if you're like... <laughs> I'm not. I'm not upset with you. It's just kind of like I'm surprised. Like, uh, not everyone's favorite film can be everyone else's favorite. Three film. and a half is still good though. Three for me is like, oh, I liked it. I'll never think about it again. Anything above a three is like, it's good. It was like, like, oh, I, like this I was more thinking of just... three, but I was like, it, it's better than that. 
right? And I was like, maybe not four or anything, but I'm also interested to see how, because I've seen, obviously, how you guys rated Prey on Letterboxd, and we'll get into that. Yeah, but. Yeah. It was the fourth movie I bought on iTunes. I just wanted you guys to know that. <laughs> but yeah, so The Town, Better Call Saul, and then I'm rewatching uh, Breaking Bad right now as well, and it's amazing. Jump so. right into that. Yeah. Just, Does it just flow right into that season, or that uh, show? It just... Because uh, no spoilers. Okay. <laughs> better call, better call Saul, from my understanding, and please, if it's if it's no spoiler thing, it's kind of a prequel to how Saul pretty much became the guy he did in Breaking Bad. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Saul Goodman. That's, that's all I need to know. All it is Same is with Gus Frame. It's got a lot about him in it too. Yeah, wow. and that's the that's the amazing thing, right? Is because there's either some new characters that they introduce that are also fairly like because it's hard to say main, right? Because Bob Odenkirk is. Jimmy McGill slash Saul Goodman is like the main character, along with Ray Seahorn, who plays Kim Wexler. She's also right there, Jeez. right? But there's so many of these side characters that are also have their own like main storylines that are still going on that you love. Ignacio Nacho Varga, Nacho. he's a new one who wasn't in Breaking Bad, but his story going along is incredible. Mm-hmm. You have more of Mike's uh, mm-hmm. storyline, Jonathan Banks. You have more of Gus Fring in there. You have just so much stuff that happens as well that both gives more context to things that happen in the Breaking Bad timeline as well as tell their own different sort of character arcs. Like, especially the ones, like like I mentioned, Nacho's storyline is one of my favorite, and he was a character that we didn't have before mm-hmm. in Breaking Bad. I mean, technically, they did say his name, which is, like, where they got sort of his story. Uh, when um, when they, you know, spoilers for Breaking Bad, I guess, if you haven't seen it, when they take uh, Saul out to the desert and they, like, threaten him, he was like, no. He was like, it was Nacho. It was him. And he was like, he was like, are you? Did Lalo send you guys? Like, that's oh, like, interesting. That's like what he says, and that's where they got some of these characters. Was just that one line in that one episode of that's Breaking cool. Bad that turned into a lot of these things. So, that's anyways, awesome. just if you need, just I know that a lot of people don't love it as much, but it has the same, if not better, not because the thing. I still like Breaking Bad more. A lot of people, especially critics argue that Better Call Saul would possibly be a better series than Breaking Bad. And I still think I like Breaking Bad more, but the character development is truly insane. It's gorgeous. So, And I could talk about this forever, so we should probably stop, because otherwise <laughs> it'll become a Better Call Saul podcast. I just love how they did everything in Albuquerque. Like, they have scenes that are in places that are not Albuquerque that they still filmed in Albuquerque, and they made it look oh, cool. like different places. And it's just so... So cool how much they've done there. Bob Odenkirk had a heart attack while he was hiking around Albuquerque, I learned. I saw like last year. Like last year when they were like filming. It was during filming. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty crazy. But Vince, what have you been watching, man? Uh, So I went and saw Bullet Train in the theater. I had a really good time with it. I thought it was a lot of fun, really entertaining. Um, It's kind of got that Marvel humor to it. So if you just want to like go in, turn your brain off. Not – it's very – I mean it's directed – by the guy who did Deadpool. So it's kind of that same like over the top violence mixed with Marvel comedy or or that kind of style comedy mixed with kind of a I don't know, I don't really know how to explain it. I said I told you guys earlier kind of a Marvelized Tarantino vibe. I don't know. It was I was really entertained. I didn't expect a lot from it. I just wanted to turn my brain off and have a good time and I had a good time. Did you watch it in IMAX? I did. Yep. <clears throat> Worth it? Yeah, I mean, you go on a Tuesday night, and it's $6 here, yeah. so. <laughs> Who's your favorite character from the movie? Because I've just movie? seen so many uh, actors that I love in it, and so I was wondering who you liked. So my two favorite characters were Brian Tyree Henry and Aaron Taylor Johnson. I thought they were absolutely great, especially, honestly, Aaron Taylor Johnson does fantastic in the movie. 
like he does. I've never really liked he's that Quicksilver, guy very much. He's Quicksilver, right? He, he's, yeah, yeah. He's Quicksilver in uh, Age of Ultron mm-hmm. and Avengers. And I've never really, like, he's always been kind of one of those guys that's just kind of there. But he stole the show in this one. He was really good. And there's a lot of cameos. A bunch of people show up that I never would have expected, which was a fun surprise every time. It was just a good time. Um, but what I would recommend right now you guys watch is the new Sandman TV show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I want to watch it so bad. It's like on my list to watch this weekend. I really am enjoying it. I'm a little over halfway through it. And the first, I, I read the first volume of com- the comics. So the first five or six episodes follows that story arc from that one that I've read. So I'm trying to decide if I'm biased and I like that section of the show more because I was already familiar with the story and what's happening now, it's all new to me. But that first section, especially like episode five and six, I think it was, are excellent. Like I absolutely loved them. Um, episode five, it's about, it's a, it takes place in a diner. It's kind of a bol- uh, contained episode. But that comic is one of my, like, favorite – I don't know if it's my favorite comics, but it's, like, one of my favorite stories about a, like, supervillain that I've ever read. It's just really, really, really well done. And then they kind of – it's very true. The show is very true to the comic, which is really cool. But they tweak a couple of things to make it a little bit more contemporary, I guess. I saw that Neil Gaiman said that the, the show had taken its own path and he yeah. was cool with it type thing. I, did, I don't know all the details, but he talks about that because some people are like, there are some things that aren't true, and so. But it is very true to the comic at the same time. They just kind of tweak a couple of things. Like this story that I'm talking about in the diner, um, in the first one, it's just a supervillain being crazy. Mm-hmm. And in this one, he's kind of the hero of his own story. You know, He's kind of showing what a world would look like if we didn't lie to each other. And it's really interesting how it plays out. And then the next episode is all about death, and it was so good. And, I yeah, I recommend it. Check it out because I listened to a podcast with the, the, the showrunner, and he pretty much said season two's not greenlit, and it all depends on if people watch it. So watch it, please, because I would love <laughs> It's like, I want to watch it. <laughs> we didn't come canceled, through. canceled, like my Dark Crystal, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> That's where I was going to say. We didn't come through on the Dark Crystal, guys, so we need to come through on the sandman for vids yeah <laughs> <laughs> um actually uh we went and delivered the dark crystal movie back to the library the other day because it was rented by your aunt and we just took it back Ooh, so she got good taste. Ran- random thing um that's rad i really have been wanting to watch the dark crystal not dark crystal the sandman yeah check it out it is <laughs> it's really good i've been just kind of watching it like one episode a night for the past week or so mm-hmm. it's, it's good it's not like big and flashy and like like a com- like normal superhero comic book movie, it's a little more like thoughtful and introspective, and the special effects look really good. It was a COVID show, and you can kind of tell like there's a lot of scenes where it's just kind of like two people in a room with a big VFX like background, but it actually looks pretty good. It's creative. It's very a lot of imagination went into it. I mean, it's pulled from the comic book, but there's a lot of imagination put into the comic book, and the way that they like transferred it to screen was. I would thought it was gonna be a little like CWE, if that makes mm. sense. When I saw the first Actually, trailer, yeah. I was and like, ah, I don't know. If that's I'm gonna weird be into that this. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> or like, um, are you there talking was one, the like, Arrowverse type CWE? Yeah, and maybe that's not even like accurate. More like um, Lock and Key or Shadow and Bone. You know, yeah. if, if you saw those release trailers for those, that's the vibe that I got from the first trailer that dropped for Sandman, and it's not that at hmm. all. 
Okay. It's not at all. Well, because I actually kind of thought the same. That's sort of why I hadn't watched it. Because I'm like, it's not that it looks bad. I'm just like, I don't know if I'd love it. But I'll yeah. give it a shot. It's good. It, yeah. I really am, am enjoying it. So check it out. That's it for me. I'll take a shot. There we go. <laughs> but anyhow... Should we get to the movie at a hand? Let's say I love how you're like, we'll do a quick little like run around of what we've been watching, and here we are. Like, it's been 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what happens when we get talking sometimes. It's like stories and everything like that. Obviously, we started out this movie talking about how to cool your home, or this podcast about how yeah. to cool your home. And now here we are arriving to talk about the movie at hand, which is Prey. Obviously, from the Predator universe, it's kind of, if I'm getting this right, please correct me, guys. It's a prequel-type film, kind of talking about the history and kind of what happened to the folks who met the Predator before. Yeah, it seems like it's uh, the first Predator to ever come to Earth is is the, the vibe that I got from it. Because this Predator shows up, and he's kind of like going from species to species that he finds on the planet and trying to trying to find like the alpha species because that's kind of their whole thing right is they yep. travel around they hunt and they want to find like the, the the biggest prey they want to have the biggest challenge and shoot show that they're the biggest badass right yeah so he shows up and he finds like what is it a mouse at first or something i think it's a snake snake right because snake. Snake kills a mouse and... and then he finds the wolf and then he finds the bear and he's just like making his way up the chain trying to find like who is the alpha of our planet didn't he take the – oh, no, he didn't. Never mind. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. I See, I'm going to be real honest with you. I don't know much about the Predator world. I've stuck mostly with Alien. Yeah, I actually re-listened to our Predators pro- I was about podcast. To say, I was like, we today. did a Predator movie. Yeah, yeah and you before. actually talked about that too, about how much you're much more of a fan of Alien versus the Predators. 100%. <laughs> and and it's, it's weird because <laughs> – This I, didn't change that at all? Um. I'm going to talk about that because <laughs> I actually think so. It may have I'm, – I'm, my interest has peaked, right? Like, again, like, if they can deliver – there needs to be a follow-up to this. I 100% feel like there does. I don't know what the follow-up needs to be, but they need to do something cool and effective and, and do it well. Um, but, like, if I'm going to get into this early, for me, this was a home run of a film. And, and I'll just say that right now. Like, I'm not giving you any spoilers, but for me, it was a home run. And um, it had everything I wanted in a film actually well just be a predator film right yeah exactly and just as we stayed just barely outside of spoiler territory before we jump in i wanted to you know in my never-ending quest i will make my life mission to get us you know sponsored by letterboxd (laughs) i wanted to go through what your guys's scores for the film were on letterboxd and then we can kind of dive into more spoilers and how come so vince yeah so i want to start this um i watched the movie on release date I gave it a three out of five or three and a half out of five, which is the same rating that I gave Predators. And I remember sitting there that night and trying to decide which one I liked better. Do I like Predators better? Do I like this prey better? And not not really coming to a decision. Honestly, I think I told I think when I talked about it, I told people I like Predators better. Mm-hmm. But uh, I watched it again last night. Prey, um, not so focused as I was this time around. Just kind of had it on in the background while I was doing stuff, and then like. It's just just kind of remember stuff. Yeah, and it it takes off. That last half of the movie just, like, takes off. Mm -hmm. And from the moment that the Predator really shows up, the movie gets really, really good. So I've been thinking about it all day, and I don't know. I haven't decided yet if I underrated it. Three and a half feet hills a little low. I might move it up to a four. I can't decide if I like it better than Predators. But I kind of, like, there's so many things that it did better than any of the other ones. I love the freaking Predator in this one and the, the 
scenes in this one are some of the best predator scenes that you can you can get but i remember being a little bit slow at the beginning and a big reason that i that i like rated this one lower was because the cgi the vfx were not up to par like they straight up weren't the animals looked bad the vfx on the predator's face when when he took his mask off does, didn't look great looks fine on my little ipad but when i had it up on my big hdr tv there's like those things where i was just like i can tell this is a straight to video you know a straight to streaming if they would have put some more money into it and fixed all these vfx then it probably would have gotten a step up you know so i don't know i'm nitpicking but Whatever. the story itself and the action scenes that weren't vfx heavy are some of the best best predator we've ever had we got to talk to mr so. letterbox to let you rated a 3.75 in, <laughs> in between the two maybe not all the way up to four so i'm like right there it, it right. might lean up to more of a four i mean it probably does I, I gave it four stars i i think it was memorable in a good way 100 percent agree with you these were the best scenes i've ever seen out of a predator like the fighting the style sure there are a few like okay you need to touch it up a little bit better but I felt like the way that they showed the predator moving, like so many things and just how it interacted with the environment, loved it. I also really enjoyed the story, the time period that they did it in, yeah, which sure. we'll get into a little bit more, but it created kind of like a sense, like, right, when we watched Predators, right, was what we did, mm -hmm. and I'm having a brain Predator right 3, Predators, yeah. Yeah, whatever that one was. Um, it was interesting because they kind of like showed some like history in that, like on there, kind of like, people have been dropped in or things have been dropped in through the years so it's cool to kind of see the interesting 1700s predators here to investigate and scour the earth and find the biggest baddie you know and i like that um and i gotta say sorry interrupt just you're fine real quick the vfx were bad when they needed to use the vfx but the thing that made this movie special is how much practicality they used. Yep. And that's what made the, like the fight scenes with the with the predators so cool is they did not lean at all on these like giant fake predators like the last one that came out. There were just like so much CGI throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Like these were like practical effects. <clears throat> I think that's what made like the little things stand out so bad is like because it's pretty baskets. low budget, right? Yeah, this I think movie because so. it went straight to streaming. Yeah. Well, so I started following the guy. His name is Dan. Diego, I think, is the guy who they had who did the Predator stuff, right? Who was the Predator in the movie. And they obviously had, like, this whole huge suit on him and makeup and all this stuff, right? And they did touch some stuff up with VFX, but he was doing that. And he's, like, actually, like, this – I think it was more because he was, like, kind of fit and, like, all this stuff. But he doesn't have, like, a really big following on social media or anything. He's been in a couple other movies and stuff. But have you seen that one meme where it's, like, a ton of people at the party and there's, like, the one guy in the corner? He posted that meme with the caption. He's like, none of them know that I'm the Predator. <laughs> <laughs> that poor guy. It's amazing. <laughs> he's just there and everyone – and don't get me wrong, like, Amber Thunder was incredible, right? And I thought that she was amazing in this movie. And then uh, Dakota Beavers, he plays Tavi, who's uh, the main character's uh, brother. Yep. And so they were incredible chief. as well, but I just had to make sure that we, you know, shouted this guy out because he's not getting, you know, as much love when, like you said, they did so many practical effects and he was in this big old suit doing these fight scenes and just lots of really cool stuff to go along with it. So I rated the movie... Four and a half stars. Yeah, that blew my mind when I saw it. And that. here's the thing. We'll get into it. The story is super simple. The action is straightforward and, like, cool. And there's just, like, a lot of stuff going on with it. And, like, a lot of people, like, the thing is, like, 
we'll talk about it and who knows maybe i'll change i'll be like oh okay like it's just a four or something but sometimes those movies that it just enthralled me like i don't know like it wasn't like that there was anything so insane or this crazy plot twist or anything you know or oh look at all these symbols you know because a lot of times movies are like that and it's like oh wow but just like something about this movie i don't know it just had me locked in from like i don't want to say from beginning to end like all the way because yeah there were definitely points where it dragged and stuff but i just loved it and we'll talk about it but I think that's what it is for me, and that seems to be the common thread for all the Predator movies, is they are slow until the Predator hits. Mm-hmm. And when it hits, it hits hard. Yeah. And so, because I, again, I listened to our last podcast, and that was one of my nitpicks from the last one. It was like, it's a little bit slow at the beginning, and blah, 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 but once it starts to move and the yeah. action starts, it's some of the cool, like, best action. I mean, Predator 1, exact same thing, you know? Yep. Kind of slow up to the beginning. Even though it has some of the best memes ever from it, <laughs> and then it just like takes off and hits hard. Yeah. So, uh, I say we end the non-spoiler section and we jump straight into it and we talk about it. So well, let's do it, guys. Spoiler zone head. Um, real quick, I just want to say uh, it's got pretty good reviews. Um, IMDb gave it a seven point two, and the Rotten Tomato scores ninety three percent of critics like it, which again is just like this is a predator movie and you're like nothing's been fresh like since this? the first one <laughs> an audience is only given a 78 percent like it which was surprising to me yeah still that, pretty good again though. that it's these, lower that's like weird it's that, a predator movie and the critics you like thought that'd it be opposite. Than, uh, yeah i it's just one of those this happens every once in a while and every time it happens i'm like wait a minute <laughs> You're like, hold up. This is, this is backwards. Wait a second. You realize this is an action practice. Right? You're like, right? someone put something wrong in the code there. They yeah. switched the numbers. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Oh, man. What do we well, want to start with? Do we just want to kind of go through some of our favorite scenes of the movie and things like that? Actually, or... I actually do want to. I know you guys have. Look, I took, I just sort I took of notes more... this time and brought them with me. Normally, <laughs> I'm just out here like. Both of you guys. Yeah, I'm just here. I'm not winging it. I. You know, thought about a lot of stuff, but I I really like I, I want to kick it off with um, I like that it's staged in like the 1700s, and that it's a Native American tribe Comanche I think specifically, um, but it's kind of cool to kind of see the interaction of it, then moving into like the senses that are going on with it, right? Like, hey. There's not just a cat out here, a giant-ass cat. There is something bigger, something with a huge freaking foot, and they go into it. Maybe I'm going too far too soon, but I, I really like the way that they set it up. That like you, you guys know this feeling when you're like something doing something, you're like, something feels off. Like You know that feeling, and that's what the lead character, she had right there was like a feeling, and she's like trying to explain to other people, and like, ah, it's fine. It's just the cat. And then... They get up in the tree. Everybody thinks that she just wants to prove herself. No one wants to believe that there's something bigger out there. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. You're just trying to prove that you're you're one of us. You're, you're a hunter like us, whatever. Yeah. It's just a bear. Like, I'm not scared, scared of a bear. And she's having this, like, hard time convincing people that there's more than that out there. Yeah. That was what was freaking crazy. And then you get in there, and you start seeing the snake going away, like the predator taking the snake. And then... It's like the predator and the cat are like hunting, but the predator's hunting the cat, I think, slash the people once it figures out that it's a, an enemy type thing. And it's so cool how they kind of set that up. I know it felt slow, but I liked the setup. I felt like it was a healthy setup for me. Um, well, 
I like the setup as well. You mentioned the time period. I really like the time period, and they sort of, you know, they had a, you know, we're in the Great Plains, 1719 or whatever, right? And I really liked it because it's interesting because at first you go in and it's full on. We're with the, you know, this girl who's in a Native American tribe, and she's there, and she's, you know, hunting, and she's doing this all the stuff with her dog, right? And then all of a sudden the dog's tail gets caught in that trap, right? And so I was sort of like, whoa, like it kind of like threw me for a little jolt because I'm like, this isn't like, <laughs> like I'm like, is this like their trap? Like are they taking, like do they buy some like traps from like, you know, the trappers and like the frontiersmen sort of people who are there? And so I was like, whoa, this is like a little different. So it definitely did a good job of like showing you sort of what area you're in. And obviously later on, you know, there's it's conflict and they run into the big, you know, camps of the the frenchmen and all the, the people French. who are out you know exploring the the great plains and everything like that but i really like the setting that it was in but then yeah the exact same thing where it's like okay like there's something else out there and they're like hey we've lived out here for forever we've hunted like yeah there's a lot of big scary stuff like we gotta kill and need to survive but they're like you're just you know you're wildin'. and even though it's it does sound crazy. I feel like I would almost be like with those people, not because I'm like, hey, you just want to fit in. I'd be like, we've lived out here for so long. Like, we know what's happening, and they don't know that literally something that's never been on the entire planet before has descended to hunt them, literally. So, what a cool look, though, about comfort and knowing and this big unknown. Like, that's what I like is like the change in unknown. And that feeling that's right there with it. That's what they're trying to give you is a feeling of the unknown is happening. So good. That's all I want to say about that. Vince, I've been talking a lot about this, but like, what do you have to say about that setup? Did you like it or was it? Oh, of- I, I love it. I love, I've been saying this for a long time. They've been getting predator wrong for, for forever. Like when it comes down to it, the core of predator one was giant Arnold losing everything you know his muscles didn't matter his giant guns didn't matter explosions don't matter what it came down to was him and his intellect and using what he has to survive and they 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 took that they took that concept and they were just like oh that's what a predator movie is let's do this in a time period where that's all they have is literally the they've trained their entire lives for survival like, that's what this Comanche tribe, tribe does, right? They're hunters, they're gatherers, they go day-to-day protecting the tribe. There's the war the war chief, is that what they, they're called, yep. who, who go out, and if there's a big bear, if there's something that's threatening the tribe, they go out and stop it. Or if one of their people get killed or disappear, they go out to help them, bring them back. That's all this movie is. Like, what a simple, genius, easy concept. Like, I can't believe, I should stop complaining, but I can't believe that the last movie went from this, like, over-the-top, 10 foot tall predator that's like altering his DNA and like doing all this weird stuff when it's just like the concept of predator is so simple. And Bring on it back like the small. different planet and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and now it's like Earth predator versus like these Indians, like this troop of uh, Native Americans, right? Yeah. Sorry. It's simple. It's so easy. Like, that's all we needed. And the characters that, and, and like you said, Josh, like the story doesn't need to be anything big. It just, this one girl, Naru, who's trying to prove herself, and the way that she does it is to hunt something that is hunting her, and that's all she wants to do. She wants to prove that she's as capable as the rest of the guys in the tribe who are hunting her, and and that's it, and throw her out into the thing, and then let the weird stuff start to happen, you know? And it's the same as the original movie. Like, they're out doing their one mission, and then weird stuff starts to happen. The predator starts to show up. 
it's an amazing concept. It's so simple. Just keep doing this. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, and the idea isn't so far flung that you could you couldn't drop a predator in Europe, for instance, next time, or in Siberia with Russians, or you know, in Africa, like, or like they did in Predators, like the Yakuza versus the freaking predator you know like, yeah well i saw i saw a tweet that was like if you've seen prey like they need to drop them in like a 1400s like feudal japan type thing yeah, <laughs> like it would be that would so be amazing cool. and so i agree with you they need to stick to like the, what we've gotten accustomed into so many action movies is this big ramp like big over the top and it's the same with marvel it's the same with so many films are like bigger is better blow it up get a huge and i'm like Bring it down mm-hmm. to something that's more relatable at the same time. Because it's like, who's not been walking through the woods and been like, something's looking at me, right? <laughs> like, at some point in time. And so, like, what a way to bring in, like, an actual primal fear than bring in, like, predators are already big in general. They're bigger than humans, but they're, like, they're not immortal. They're not Goliath. And that's another thing that I loved about this one, which kind of brings me into my first topic is, I mean, if you we can continue talking about the story if you want, but I want to discuss just the specific predator in this one. Please. Well, yeah. Because that, again, this is what I talked about for a long time in the last episode, is like the thing that makes this franchise, for me, is literally this one character design. The predator is one of the most badass, cool-looking characters I've ever seen, monsters, whatever you want to call it, in cinema history. And... Every one of the movies stands because this thing that they created is so cool. And I want to know your guys' opinion. Did this new Predator, the, they're calling it online the Feral Predator, top the other versions of the Predators that you guys have seen? I don't know about top. I just feel like it was so interesting that they not only said, okay, we're going to take this back to an earlier time. They made it very apparent that even though this species is very much further advanced and they have this different technology than the human species does, they made it very clear that this is definitely further back in the evolution and the technology of the original, of the predators, right? Because he has the sort of stuff. And I don't remember if it was in the one we watched or a different one, but, you know, it was similar in that had the, you know, like the laser thing that would shoot. But in the other movies, like, you have that laser thing and it's just like and like shoots plasma bolts exactly stuff like that whereas this one it was like even though it was very sleek metal and stuff like that it was almost as if it were its own version of arrows and things like that right it's got the little lights that go it shoots and it tracks so it's still very advanced but it's still very far behind from what the other predators were and so i don't know if i would say like oh it's like better i just loved that they also took the predator I don't know, should we call them? Like the predator species also back a few hundred years as well. And yeah. we said, okay, they're also still learning and doing stuff. And it's their first time on this. So yeah, if we're calling it the feral predator, I feel like it was very cool because it, while it was still technologically advanced, I felt it was still very raw. And especially since we were in sort of that story of they're just coming here to hunt and we're like with the native Americans and he's with all these animals trying to like attack them and feel them out. And so it just got so like, raw and down to the basics with how he hunted and how he did different things and how he scaled up what technology he used in order to be able to fight these different animals as he you know sort of like you mentioned went up the food chain i really liked it i don't know and i haven't watched all of the predator movies so i might not be the best judge of it i like what they did with it so who knows if i'd put it above another one i don't know if i could say that okay so this is of xenopedia talking about the feral predator 
Um, owning to his name, the feral predator presumably possesses a lesser intelligence to his cousin and perhaps a larger degree of savage behavior. Um, and it preferred close combat, which is kind of cool. Um, I think this predator stacks up a little bit more to me. Like, I like that, like, literally, yeah, like, just wild, more hand-to-hand combat, wanting to be close and on the action, which I think is kind of cool, too. Like, especially for the time period, I think maybe when they're, like, searching and saying we're going to find the perfect member of our community to go to Earth and fight at this time period, maybe a scouting mission went before. It looked kind of like where's the advancement in technology? Who can we drop type thing? I don't know how that all works. Maybe you know more about it. Nope. But I think it's very fascinating to think that if they sent this feral predator over there who lesser intelligent, maybe less quality gear, but still had some pretty freaking cool stuff. Sorry, I'm trying so not to cool. swear so much. Um, but it's more like I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It was brutal, cool. Um, the net. Oh, so oh cool. I was going to say that. <laughs> so cool. The bear fight so cool like these things that you're kind of like interesting why did it do it in that way because it's the feral predator makes so much more sense i had to look it up really quick to see if that's the idea and what people are guessing behind it love it want more of it bring it on type thing what do you think vince yeah i'm I'm with you guys i think i think this this design is a little inspired um like i said we took a big step back in the last movie and then a big giant leap forward in this one i love the expansion i mean the the original predator is always going to be the og right but i feel like with this one they really they really took a unique perspective on it they removed the solid mask that's covering up his face you can see the mandibles through the mask you know they shrunk him down a little bit lower so or uh so he's not as tall so it does almost you almost believe that a human could you know fight hand to hand with this thing and then you see like the amount of strength that this thing still has even though he's only like a foot taller than us instead of like three feet taller than us or something you know so it's like i don't know they did so many good things and especially for this the vibe of this movie it fits so perfectly of just like the return to basics return to nature that you know this native american tribe has this connection with their surroundings and with the you know their animal life and everything this predator kind of feels the same way where he's just kind of this like basic feral berserker you know and he wants to like you said case he wants to get in there he wants to use these like really cool weapons like his freaking claw knives that pop out or the net he doesn't rely on these over-the-top technological steps that they've made he wants to be in it he wants to prove himself physically not just in you know not not strategically he wants to prove himself physically and he's not scared to get like cut up and hurt because this predator takes a freaking beating and does not budge yeah well (laughs) what i thought about here is he has his mask his helmet whatever thing and he has his wrist that's pretty much the extent of his super hyper advanced technology then also, he's more like the Wolverine. Like, if we think about, like, let's go, like, talk about, like, a Mar- like a Marvel character really quick. The Wolverine. He's just in there to just take a beating, and he gets back up and does it again. Like, he's healing himself. He has, like, medicine. He's not probably perfectly healing himself. He's just, like, fixing the cut, closing it up, whatever. But he's just going for it. 
And I love the parallels with that too between Nehru and the Predator. Like the Predator gets beat up and it shows him like healing himself with the with whatever herbs he has from his planet. And then Nehru yeah. gets her ankle caught in a trap and it shows her at the same time like Doing healing that. herself up. Like proving that like she really is kind of Earth's parallel to the galaxy's best hunter. You know, she has learned her whole life how to hunt, how to survive, just like this predator has learned how to hunt, how to survive. And so you can tell that there's going to be this, like, big conflict at the end where they're going to, like, actually compete with each other and see who. Yeah. And it turns out she's smarter than a beaver. (laughs) (laughs) That was a cool line. Also, really quick, I forgot to bring up the shield. That is so cool. So cool. Uh, Sorry, Josh. I just had to bring that in. No. And I trust me, I want to talk about that more as we talk about like because that whole final fight sequence with you know everyone before the one v one sort of went down. I loved kind of like how we talked about already so much about how you know kind of savage and feral and just like down to earth in quotation marks like this predator is so much that yeah when he's fighting you know obviously he just takes out the snake and skins it with no problem right and the whole you know buffalo thing we learned later wasn't actually him right. Because I was like, that was kind of weird. Yeah. Like, like skins all these buffalo. Like, that's kind of crazy. But it wasn't him. So, and then when he fights like the wolf, right? He's not just like this completely. Because he is obviously huge and strong, and he wants to prove himself physically, like we mentioned. But he doesn't just like take out this wolf with no problem, right? Like the wolf gets in there and bites him, and just you know, one of the coolest shots, just like that wolf gnashing its teeth, and it's got that neon green blood yeah. flow, and you're just like, oh yeah, like. This is what I came here for. And so stuff like that, when he does that, when he fights the bear later on, he doesn't just win. There's almost one part where I thought that he was going to, like, retreat, right? And I want to talk about that scene specifically a lot more in depth, so I won't get too far into it. But it's just, I do like it how he's not just, I mean, once he gets to the part where he's, like, fighting, like, a lot of these humans and he, like, gets their guns out of the way and stuff, he's just so... And, yeah. I did love how they kept a lot of, like, because they did take him down to a lot more, like, just like we've mentioned, just like a really more, like, primitive, like, level. But they still kept a lot of the things that made the Predator, the Predator, right? The thermal vision, mm-hmm. the, everything like that. How oh, they still gosh. kept it, the Predator. They didn't take it too far where it's, like, just a guy. The thermal vision, I just have to call it out. Like, going back and seeing that thermal vision again, like, gives you flashbacks, like, different predator stuff. And you're thermal like, vision. Like, the clicking that. of the mouth and oh, everything. Oh, that sound. It, like, so. Are you kidding me? That's the best sound effect. <laughs> it's ever. a great sound effect, but it's, like, it, it like, hair on neck standing yeah. type moment. That's why I hate it. So, I got a quick quote to yeah. read. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the director, um, Dan Trattenberg. I think it's how you say his name i'm pretty sure this was him but i didn't write it down whether or not it was so if it's not i'm sorry but this is just uh talking about the predator specifically and the the mask specifically because the mask is so unique compared to the other ones like we kind of see in predator 3 um kind of the step towards this style of like in predator 3 they had like the jaws of the things that they've killed kind of like attached to their mask from the outside so it looks a little more primal and stuff yeah this one they took it a step further and they actually made this mask like a straight up skull which according to imdb um people are saying it's probably a river ghost skull that he killed a, a river ghost apparently is one of the monsters from predator 3 predators that we okay. watched you see a dead body of it, and it's very reminiscent to that. Don't know if that's like official, but people are like theorizing that that's what it's made of. Was one of his kills. So this is the quote: it "says You mentioned the skull mask. 
That was one of the earliest ideas. We wanted to suggest our creature was much more ferocious. It's a little bit stripped down, but still embraces the code of what we know a predator to hunt by. It's a trophy hunter. We just thought, wouldn't it be cool if it wears its trophy on its face rather than just on its hip? I think we happened upon something very exciting, though, and that's why we kept the mandibles exposed, which were ironically predator, which were so ironically predator, and it allowed us to be to be engaged with the emotionality of the Predator even while the mask was on, which is something that the other films don't get a chance to do. And it really does. It makes that Predator able to, like, scream to the sky or something. You see the mandibles in the mouth just, like, pop open. You know, it's just everything they do with the Predator is just such a cool, cool character design. And I can't stop talking about it. Well, what I like is that there's a good amount of thought into the design and how it interacts with the world around it. But like I keep, I think we brought this up. They didn't. It wasn't so over the top. It was kind of, <laughs> but it was kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. It was better to me, and it wasn't like it wasn't over complicated. It was just like, here comes bad guy, here comes the top dog, and you got to fight. And I like that. I don't know how else to say it. I'm just like that's what I'm hyped on. So yeah. I want to talk about the French camp scene really quick here. Mm-hmm. The fight in the oh, French in the camp night. really quick. What happens? So Naru and her brother get caught, right? And um, they decide to use them as bait. The French do. And holy crap, the way that they set this up. So I was taken by surprise because right, like at the first of it, horses running off, the guys looking behind, killed, whatever. And then all of a sudden, they're, like, buried underneath. They catch him with a trap on his foot. And, like, they're, like, throwing nets over him. And then, like I brought up earlier, the net that he throws out is, like, crazy. But, like, that, for me, wasn't the most rewatchable scene of this film. And I want to say that. But it was, for me, one of the best captured films I've seen. Because it's foggy. It's, like, burnt. It's, like, they really set up that moment really well for me. I saw a practical effects thing from it. And I want to bring this up. Because I know you guys like practical effects a ton. Not so much me. I'm not really a practical mm. effects guy, but I have to bring so I'm pointing. I'm so excited. Um, but they had like different wires and cables set up on the actor who's the predator guy. And he gets like flung into the air, like and drops down like that jump. That was real. That's like they straight up like connected him to some way, and each cable is only designed to pull him in such a way. Oh, so wow. it can help him land, but he's so big that he just and also this predator is only seven feet tall. So seven he's just yeah. barely taller than the average person. I love that. Um but yeah, I think you briefly talked about this, so I'm sorry if I like missed it in a way. No, but I really want to just bring it up that it's like it was exciting for me that that scene. Not the most rewatchable for me, but definitely like a great scene, and I think that was one of the best parts of this film. And something else I love that was so simple, but it just kind of made it kind of drove the story home, right? We talked about how the story was simple because it just got down to the basics of, you know, man, woman versus the predator right and what comes down to it in like a battle and how you're going to stay alive and defeat it and that's really all it needed to be but you have to have some inkling of the story and i felt like it was so simple and smart just the whole relationship and the way that the brother and sister talk to each other and they are with each other just throughout the entire story right and right after the you know, the big scene that's all foggy and stuff like that before she has to fight it one-on-one. They have this scene where, you know, she's sort of like, oh, shoot, like, how do I... And the Predator's coming to get her, and then her brother shows up, and he, you know, he does some damage before he inevitably succumbs to the the Predator and ends up dying. I I have to say, that is one of the cooler Comanche 
things because he got his horse. Yep. And that's super cool right there. His um, horse, when he knocked, like, you know, he cut him pretty good and he knocked the, the mask or the, the face the mask, mask off, whatever, yeah. the mask, well, yeah. off and yeah. it's got the blood on it. And she's like, oh man, I got to take this and run. And, and he goes and fights with her. And then that line that they brought up a couple of times, again, it's super simple. It's nothing crazy. You're not like, whoa, insane. But the one that they mentioned earlier in the film, he says at his death, and then she tells the predators, he's like, this is how far you come, like, no more. I don't remember the exact quote. Okay, I noted it? that. Okay. I noted I'm that. I'm ready, because I, I loved it, how they brought it back, and it wasn't anything crazy, but it was just simple, and it, it struck home the part of the story that was that way. And again, I love the action and everything, and how it came down to it so much, and it just worked for me so well, which is why I like rated it so high, but just sort of that drove home the family side of the story, which I loved. Yes, yes, yes. This is as far as you go. No more. Um, cool, cool thing. Yes. Also, the way that, like, the confidence of the siblings, super cool. Um, need, need I say more? You've got it. Because like, they go it. through a lot of the movie, you know, and they have their little back and forth where she's trying to – because her whole – her whole story right is that she's just wanting to fit in with the hunters right she's wanting to be one of those she says i can do this you know i'm not just a gatherer i can help the tribe in this way and all these guys are like you know you're not going to be able to do this and whatever right and so when it comes down to hunting the the mountain lion she ends up getting saved by her brother because her plan which ends up you know in the end we find out it ends up actually working because after she got knocked out from falling out of the tree and hitting her head on the rock we find out that her brother used her plan as well and was able to take down the mountain lion. But, you know, during that scene, it didn't actually end up happening. She was able to complete her, I forgot what they ended up calling it, but her, like, rite of passage, right, by fighting the predator, right? <laughs> and so she not only proved that she is more than capable of being, like, one of the hunters, like, the lead one, pretty much. I'd be surprised if going forward she didn't take over stuff like that for the tribe because it was just incredible what they ended up doing. And she's even though nuts. it's sad because so many people were lost and she loses her brother, especially she more than, and again, this is the simple side of the story versus the actual fighting with the predator, but she more than proves her worth of trying to become that huntress. The person that she wants to be proves it to everyone by defeating something more dangerous than anything on the earth, more dangerous than the bears they've fought than the wolves, anything like that. So I really liked uh, her brother, um, Tabe. Is that his name? Yep, I think so. Tabe. I really liked his kind of story arc too, where he he kind of like when the the relationship with them is never bad. Like he's always supportive of yes. her. He just kind of doubts her, and I think it's kind of a pride thing at the same time because he does. He uses her plan to. He admits it towards the end that he uses her plan to to bring down the type the the mountain lion. Yep. Right. And when they're tied up together, he he actually like admits to her. Because he thinks that they're the bait. I mean, that's what they're set up to be. And he's like, oh, we're in trouble. You know, we're the bait. We're going to die. And she's like, no, we're not going to because this this thing doesn't, doesn't hunt. He wants a challenge. Right. And he admits to her. He's like, that's the moment where he realizes, like, oh, okay. You know, there's, there's more. Y you are – he lets his pride down. And he yeah. admits, like, you have, you have always been able to see things that I – haven't been able to see and it's all thanks to you that we brought down the tiger i used your or the, the cat i used yeah. your plan and again you're going to save us here so he's like you haven't really you haven't proven yourself through through your you know rite of passage yet or anything but i should stop doubting you kind of what he's saying there and from there on it's just like they're 
hand working together. They figured things out. And yeah. Just kind of. And and two other quick things that I loved with it as well. I loved uh, we talked about his character. You know, obviously my one of my favorite characters has got to be the dog, of course. <laughs> Sorry, right? Yes. I love that. You know, he was there with her the whole film, and he was such saved a good her a dog. Couple of times. He did save her a couple of times. He helped provide distraction from the bear and all this other stuff, right? And in the end, doesn't die. Love it. That's what we love to see. Yes. <laughs> There's a website called Does the Dog Die or Does the Dog Live right. type thing. So this this can go down on it. The dog does live. The wolf doesn't. The dog does. So man's best friend prevails. But Sorry, I love that. <laughs> and then my other favorite thing that sort of, you know, it came into play later in the, the movie and everything, but her uh, her axe and her skill with the axe and then her making sort of like that axe with the, the line on it so she could throw and bring it back and everything like that. Such a cool, but like, like, just like having like a, a melee style weapon like that, but with such a cool different sort of thing that you don't usually see, right? Throwing it, she does that at the beginning, but when she does the thing with the string so she can throw and bring it back and do all this stuff, very, very cool. I liked what they did with that. So I have a fun fact and a nitpick to go along with that. Ready. Fun fact, the uh, director said that, that the shield, the Predator's shield, and the uh, axe being able to throw and come back both inspired by the new God of War video game that he kind of saw that <laughs> and thought it was really cool, so he incorporated it into the movie. That's so cool, actually. <laughs> My nitpick, it's a little unbelievable that she could throw that axe around and like that. <laughs> like, it just perfectly comes back. Yeah, because you feel like it's, it's so like, dangerous when you yeah, yank exactly. that back. Just to... It's like I'm willing to suspend my disbelief, but at the same time, just like... Uh, you, you gotta feel like at least once you're I like, oh know. shoot. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's fine. Like it, it doesn't bother me enough that I'm like, oh, that's so stupid. How does it? You know? Like it's, it's a cool idea, but in a kind of movie based in reality, kind of like this is that has like some type of, I don't know, real physics. Yeah. This this doesn't this axe doesn't really have real physics. It's kind of like Captain America's shield, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. It's like. Just don't ask questions. It's cool. It's cool. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's the part, like, where, like, that's the thrill we want. Like, it's like the fishing story, right? The fish is always bigger than you expected. It. Like, the story, every time they retell it, it gets bigger. So I think from the beginning, she's recounting her experience. Because I think that she talks about, like, there once came a oh, creature okay. type thing. I think that's, like, an oh, intro yeah, thing. Cool, or at yeah. the X out, outro. I can't remember. But it's, like, her retelling the story, I feel like. The experience is real, but, like. But, like, at the same time, I don't doubt that, like, maybe back in the day they had some skills that we just don't really have. I don't know. But, yeah, I I don't know, man. Um, Vince, you have a new segment to this podcast that I want to bring up and I want you to talk about because you were inspired to talk about it. Oh, yeah. I just was was thinking about it. Like, we always talk about, like, our favorite scenes. And I'm just like, why don't we just name this? Like, we we have the title of our podcast, the Pause, Rewind, and Play podcast. And we, we... we don't have any part of the show that like references the rewind section of our pause rewind play. Like that's like the idea is like we watch these movies and there's part of these movies that we want to pause, rewind it and play it again. Right. So instead of like having the most rewatchable scene or whatever, like our thing is kind of like, what's the, what's the most rewindable section of the movie? Where do we want to rewind and rewatch? So that's my next, that's what I want to like incorporate into the show a little bit is just like, what's your favorite scene? What's the most rewindable section of this movie? You guys have a favorite? I, I do. Do you? <laughs> uh yeah. I've I've already, you know, touched and go a few times with this scene because I wanted to talk about it again. Both Naru's and Sari's fight with the bear and then the predator coming back and fighting the bear. That was my most rewatchable scene. And 
Is it what was it either of your guys's? Nope. No. No. Okay. So I'll just go into it really quick so you guys can do yours. But just I loved it because obviously there were so many things in it that were really you know small, but they they were smart, right? You know, sorry leads her to say, hey, like there's this predator, like come watch, like come look or something, and so she leads her. She's there and she's like, oh no, the bear's there and it's eating a deer or something, right? And then, you know, subtly, just with like little camera moves and stuff, what they do, they show that the wind switches direction. So all of a sudden, they are, the wind's blowing from them to the bear and the bear can tell, oh, right? Because it's going one way and the bear's just chilling there. And then all of a sudden, it shows the wind change and then the bear knows they're there, right? And he goes and he's trying to get them and he goes around and he, he's getting up to them. It's getting really scary and the dog runs away and he goes to chase the dog and just this whole thing happens and it's super, super crazy. And then the predator shows up and he adds a whole nother level to it, right? And so she's able to scamper away and run even though the bear's chasing her and get into the beaver dam and the bear's there freaking pushing on it and it's crazy. And then all of a sudden you hear the clicking, right, that we talked about and it's just... You're like, oh, shoot, this is crazy, and, and they, they're there, and they start fighting, right? And like we talked about with the wolf scene and everything, this the predator isn't completely, you know, omnipotent, like, over, powerful over everything, right? The first part of this fight, the bear, he gets some good scratches, good hits in, and he ends up knocking the predator down, and he also sort of has some of that same, you know, the neon green, like, blood in his teeth and his claws and stuff, and he knocks him down into the river, and she's just watching this from the inside of this beaver dam just completely terrified right this i mean can you imagine like a predator and a grizzly bear freaking or even better for her just like this invisible thing like right exactly like, she can barely even see it just tearing apart like one of the biggest and that's like where it comes out of my most rewatchable moment number one so the 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 grizzly bear sort of beats the predator down where he's in the river he gets back up. The grizzly bear sees sort of that he gets back up because he has sort of the green blood. He has some of the bear's blood from scratching on it, right? And the bear comes charging back at it, right? And he hits it, and he cracks his neck when he hits him. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> because like, this bear is charging, and it's not like, oh, I got you, and I'm going to stab you with my thing. He's still just so muscular, so powerful. Yeah. He punches the bear and snaps his neck like to kill it, right? <laughs> And that was, like, the sec number two, like, most rewatchable of this scene. But then the number one was, you know, he ends up, like, what, like, cutting his stomach or something like that, raises it over his head, and the blood comes out. He's still invisible, right? He's got the camouflage going, but the outline of his face and the, what are they called, the, the teeth? The mandibles. The mandibles, and just him roaring as that blood flows down over him. It's the craziest looking scene. <laughs> that was my scene that I like had chills and I was like, this is so good. Just like watching like, cause I'm not trying to be like too like, you know, gross or disgusting, but just like with how raw this movie is him saying, I won this battle. Like I'm, you know, apex predator over this sort of thing, even though it put up a good fight against him, you know, got some good licks on, he kills it. He slices it. So there's blood and he lifts it over his head and we get it from Naru's point of view where even if she wasn't there, he'd still be doing this, saying, I won this battle, and the blood flowing, outlining his character while the rest of him is still camouflaged, sent chills up my spine, dude. I love that scene That so was much. some BDE right there in that scene. Like, <laughs> that's, that's what that was. <laughs> what is BDE? <laughs> you want to cut it uh, off? Vincent's big dick energy. Oh, 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 oh
I just, I've never heard it like done just the letters. The BDE. I was like trying to avoid saying dick. It's fine. <laughs> but like, no, it's straight up just kind of like that is a very rewatchable moment. I did rewatch that actually twice. Um, and the reason is, is because actually a predator inadvertently saves Naru. Yep. Like so, he set up his own demise, which and is kind of cool. And this is his first like contact with the human, right? He never. Uh, I think he might have seen her swimming before, or he, maybe that's no. He's just after, because yeah, so she like, swims away. Contact. So he does feel like he just took down the alpha predator, and he sees this like other thing. It's like he's like, wait, what? Wait, what? What's, what's yeah. next? Hundred percent. Always looking for what's next. Yeah. yeah. That is Josh's so cool. very first of many most rewatchable scene of Prey. Most sorry, not rewatch. Most the most. How, how do we say it? Rewindable? I don't know. The most rewindable scene. <laughs> rewindable it doesn't really scene. matter. We'll just call this section the rewind. You can call it rewatchable. The rewind. <laughs> That's my rewind. I love the that. most rewindable scene. What's yours, Vince? This one's hard because, like, the entire second half of the movie, like, it just goes mm-hmm. from one to the next, one rewindable moment to the next, starting with the uh, – the. it's just as soon as the, the predator starts to – Go berserk is when it when it starts, right? Yeah. So I think my my rewindable rewatchable moment is is Casey's already talked about it. It's the it's the scene in the with the ashes, the ash forest, okay. and when the uh, all the ashes are hitting his invisible his shield, and it just slowly comes into view, and you just get his back, and it's like slowly panning up on him, and then it shows him like touching the ashes and like smells it, and then he just like just kills everyone just goes into berserk <laughs> and you just see exactly what this predator is capable of and that nobody there stands a chance like physically nobody stands a chance against this thing it's so freaking good it's so cool leaping um, tree but, to tree oh my gosh yeah. oh sorry so so i absolutely love that um i i guess i just have to shout out a few rewindable moments because this whole thing is rewindable um and we've already talked about half of these uh nehru and uh, her brothers fight against the predator. Some of the coolest fight when he jumps up and chucks that freaking javelin right through his the back yes. of him and it just like sticks through. So freaking cool. Um, and then I I even liked this the second time around. I would probably rewind that mo- first moment where Nehru is tied up behind the stump and the predator comes up and starts killing all her other the other tribesmen. Like that moment right there too is just like. You're seeing what the the Native Americans are capable of because they put up a pretty good fight, all of them. Everybody who goes against the Predator puts up a pretty good fight, but in the end, it's just not quite good enough, you know? Yeah. So pretty much my most remindable move, moment is the last, like, 40 minutes of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> just rewind that Accepted. whole Accepted. <laughs> and then I just have to shout out that last fight scene. Um, it's not as good as the rest, in my opinion. Like, it is still really, really cool, but it's just visually really cool, the glowing blood all over the place you know that green glow is just makes that, everything visually that really dark cool. sort of glade and stuff like that and i don't know what yours is casey so please like don't let me get too far into it if it's yours but i was about to say I we might. couldn't go without mentioning that final scene because it does get number one it gets to the point we've been talking about of the whole what happens when it really is just you versus the predator and what sort of intellect and other things you can do and just, you know, the way that she set it up. Yeah, when Casey mentioned him jumping tree to tree, that was sort of my favorite part as well. And then she does, like, a freaking, like, backflip off of one of the trees, like, and the predator goes to hit it, and there's, like, spikes sticking out, and it gets him too. Wow. Just Again, so going, many things. Going from that parallel of, like, seeing her healing herself, seeing the predator heal himself, you also get that same thing with the action sequences. Like, you see the pred- predator just 
tear apart this French trappers or whatever, just kill everybody. And then the next scene, I think it's like the next scene, you see Naru, uh, Naru going for to save her dog. And she does the same thing. Like she, she goes up against these French tra- French trappers, and you just see what she's capable of, and she just kicks the crap out of everybody there, and saves her dog. And so it's just like you keep seeing these parallels between them. Like they both are the most skilled hunters. You know, yeah. it's cool. So we we talked about my most reliable scene already. So I want to highlight it really quick for me, which is the brother sister fight. Like that yes, moment I wanted to talk right about there. It. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And not only is it because it's so cool that as siblings, they figured out a way to, like, we talked about, we broke it down. They kind of, like, the brother humbled himself so sister and him could work together better. And he let sister lead, which is super cool, like, understanding, recognizing. But when they separate after they escape from the tree, he goes for the horses. But she's like, I'm going to get the dog, right? But he essentially comes in with his plan after she fights all these dudes and is kind of, like, in this moment. And he just comes in. Boom, boom, boom. It's like the left jab, jab, right hook type thing, right? So that's what happened. He was the jabs in this, and she comes in, finishes that sucker up. And then just the – I really like the the final part of that fighting scene, I guess the whole movie, where she lures him to that pit, that swamp thing where she almost drowns and sets up his mask and figures out how to kind of focus it on his face. Don't know how real that could be or how it would work or how she figured it out, but like – very cool like, it's cool how he kind of does his thing of being the hunter and fights him and allows her to do her thing which is like see more than what's going on the bigger picture yeah get the bigger picture and use that in the future to well finish yeah the and that's that's why i brought up the jab jab right hook because when you're boxing you're using the jabs to figure out what your opponent's going to do as they react and so when the big slamma type thing is her like with the full picture how to set it up and how to complete it i want to so, see you hit love me with that. the right hook casey Huh? I want to see you hit me with the right hook. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> but the the only other thing I want to mention from the brother sister fight scene that I loved was, and again we mentioned you know some like tiny little things that could be touched up with a bigger budget or anything with with CGI when it actually ends up coming off. When he hits him and he's got the blood that flows off and the mask falls down, and then I don't remember exactly what it is if he's picked something up or what happens, but then you just get that close up of the full face without any of the mask and you have that teeth which i forgot again i love that she rips mandibles. off one of his mandibles yes. oh yeah, and yeah. that part yeah when he's got her and she just rips it out and stabs him but no and you just get like that full close-up look of his face and he lets out a roar and stuff like it just it it adds to everything that's going on like you said the whole you know final 40 minutes of the movie is just it ramps up and ramps it's up so and the aesthetics good. of the whole thing is crazy it's it's insane that so many of these scenes happen like one after another but because they have the fog or we're in this glade or yeah, we're out in the like, plains has a different aesthetic different color palette different feel oh, the, cool. the cool moment in the like the tall weeds where they yes. they're, they're hunting each other and you see him running and you just see an outline the invisible predator running from above you know yes oh my because it's just the line of grass yeah. going yeah and then some things are just like so jarring like when she brings the predator head back to camp after she's defeated it and it's just this beautiful shot that you can see in literally any like a history channel movie except for this neon green blood coming from the head and, and you're she's just got like, like neon green all over the oh, blood because she, she on her face. yes exactly because she has a, a classic you know native american face paint which they would do a lot of times with blood from you know different prey that they had killed and she does it with the blood of the predator which is you know so many so much the artwork of the movie was you know focused on that sort of image yeah. her with that on her face and it was just 
a gorgeous, beautiful way to end the movie that she accomplished what she wanted. You know, they lost a lot along the way because, you know, how could you not with her brother and everything else going along? But they lost a lot. But she ended up doing it and she was the apex predator. I got nothing else to add. So I just have like two fun facts, Easter eggs, and then final thoughts. Ready. Okay. So this movie debuted number one on Hulu. It is the biggest movie premiere in, stre- in the streaming services history. I watched it the day it came out. I also watched it the day it came out. Um, one of my biggest nitpicks is that I couldn't see it in theaters. I was really yeah, disappointed. Cool. Really disappointed. I would have paid for this one even if it dropped day and day on Hulu. I would have gone to the theater. My second biggest nitpick is I kind of wish it was all done in Comanche. Like, I love how it started out in Comanche, and then the it, it kind of felt kind of weird that it went into English, and I got real excited when I heard there was a Comanche version of it, and I tried to watch it in that, and it just sounded like it was not as poorly recorded a little bit. Mm-hmm. It sounded a little tinny, you know, so I couldn't I couldn't do it, which is a problem. Anyway, that's all for nitpicks. Um, other Easter eggs, uh, the Flintlock Pistol, dated 1715 with the name Raphael Adelini, it uh, shows up in Predator 2, apparently at the end, um, when Danny Glover ends up killing the Predator. Other Predators show up and give him that pistol. So somehow the Predators get it back or get that pistol. So that's kind of a fun little Easter egg for the future. That um, means something could happen. They have they have space to build. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah. And then uh, Naru, when she says, do it, do it now, it's a reference – Arnold says that in the first one, and also when um, Tabe says, if it bleeds, we can kill it. That's right. like the tagline from the original. Exactly. So fun little Easter eggs. I <laughs> love the, the, sorry, you were just talking about little tiny things. I, I found it humorous, the, the moment where, you know, the guy had tried to teach her about the gun, and so she's like, okay, and while Tommy's fighting it, she goes to, you know, try to use the gun for it, <laughs> and so she's like not too little not too much as she's dumping like a whole thing of gunpowder in there i was like oh my gosh too much too much <laughs> i mean she's never used one so how could she know but i just love like that you know during this intense fight sequence just like that tiny little bit of humor like nothing yeah. too crazy just like not too little not too much it's just like, <laughs> oh man um so my final thoughts on this movie is great might be the best one in my opinion I got to rewatch Predators, Predator 3, because I really like that one for some weird reason. Yeah. Got to rewatch it to see, but it's like, I'm waiting back and forth. Are you saying best one of like the sequel? The franchise. Or, best, or of the whole thing, including yeah, the, the first one. Yeah, I, I don't love the franchise, the first one like everyone does. Like everyone yeah. talks like the first one's this masterpiece, and it is pretty incredible action movie, but for some reason it just doesn't. It doesn't resonate as it much. It just doesn't do it like it does yeah. everyone else. I don't, I'm, that's my hot take, I guess. Um, but I just have to say like, this is i hope that hollywood recognizes this that the failure from the last one and how well this one is the critical reviews and everything are so good with it and i hope that they recognize that you know not just with the predator movies like hopefully this kind of goes with everything but specifically the predators movies keep it small keep it low budget fix up those vfx a little bit put it in the theater and use those practical effects you can make money off of this franchise. You just got to do it right. So hopefully they learned because this movie was it was great. It was really cool. It just all clicked for me. Like I said, I rated it four and a half stars, and I said maybe I'd change it. 
I would like I said we talked about so many things it was so simple but there was such good raw action and it just flowed so well for me the story was so simple and for some reason it just hit and I just loved it and so yeah it's up there rated you know above some other movies that I've really really loved this year but I just loved so much about this one I'll watch it again I know I will so it'll probably be up there it'll definitely be in my top 10 movies of the year who knows where it'll you know end up on the list once we get to that I would rate this film as rewatchable and one that I might just come back to casually throughout the year type thing. Um, I do that with films. I love that kind of stuff. And all, all I have to say about it is is really keep it up. Do it again. Like, don't overcomplicate the film. Don't overcomplicate the predator. And, like, really thinking about it, a bear is not complicated. It eats. It shits. It sleeps. It hunts. So make the predator not complicated. Like, that's all I have to say. Like, make it interesting, but don't overcomplicate it. And uh, Vince, I'm right there with you. In, in my opinion, this might be the best of the series. And I can say that with more confidence than I thought I would. Um, so, yeah, you guys have not only made me want to watch it on a bigger screen. Um, I want to I wanna watch it on the projector. I want to, like, blow it up and watch it big. But um I did watch it on TV, not like my phone. So, but I still want to see it bigger now. You're right. I wanted to see it in the theater. I definitely would have enjoyed that. Um, but I got nothing. That's it. Those are my final thoughts. Um, in closing, guys, any last remarks? Just put in that predator noise right here. <laughs> okay. No, I got Just it. that. Just let us know what you guys thought of it. Obviously, this is a movie that's available to stream right now on Hulu. So if you have Hulu, please, I mean, if you listen to all of this and haven't watched it, I hope you're convinced to go watch it now. And if you have watched it, I don't know, go watch it again and just let us know once you've seen it, your thoughts about it. You can message us, you know, on any of our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and just let us know what you thought about this movie, things that you thought maybe we got right with our takes on it, things that we got wrong or missed. You're like, no, this is the coolest part of the movie when the wolf spills his guts or anything else like that. Just let us know because we want to hear from you guys as well. Well, perfect. This is as far as our review goes. It goes no further.